Hey, this is Ed Luther, pastor of City Church in Australia. I hope that today's podcast really inspires you. Thank you so much for listening. Have you ever noticed that there's an incredible lack of leadership in the world today? I look at some of the leaders in the world, and, and this is in my whole lifetime, to be quite frank, and I'm like, how did you become a leader of a country? There's a few laughs, because you get it. You ever wonder that? Scratch your head and go, is that the best that a whole, you know, millions of people could feel? That's the best they could feel uh, that they could elect is that person? Like, really? And I think that's why people hate politics and politicians, because they just, they're crafty. They just know how to wheedle their way into situations. And I think that it's not just political leaders that there's a shortage of great leadership, but there's also, uh, I believe, an incredible shortage of confidence and confident leadership in the world today. And that especially applies to people in the church. Where are the confident believers? That if I pray, I know my God's going to answer. If I, if, if, if I pray the prayer of faith and somebody's sick, I know. I've got confidence. In fact, the Bible says, we'll look at this in a bit, but uh, this is the confidence that we have in, in Him. That if we ask anything according to His will, He hears us. And if we know that He hears us, we have those petitions or those prayers that we have desired of him, First John uh, one five, I believe it is. So it's it's really important for us to gain confidence. But a lot of people have confidence, especially as new Christians, and they lose it. Have you ever lost your confidence in something or someone? Perhaps you had confidence in the business that you ran, or a relationship that you had, or for me, it was confidence in riding my bike until I fell off my bike, ended up in the hospital with a shattered elbow. All of a sudden, I was really not confident anymore in cycling. I had to work it back and get back up again and get back on the bike when I got healed. And then I got knocked off. I got hit by a car, and off I came <laughs> again and, uh, and was injured. And so I don't ride my bike that much these days. But gaining confidence when you've lost it is a real critical thing, especially when it comes to matters of faith, the Spirit, God, God's Word, all of these things. Getting your confidence back. And so that's what I want to talk about this morning. I really want us to look at gaining confidence. And if you've lost your confidence, well, how am I going to get it back? Because God has incredible promises in his word that he's looking to perform. He, he performs according to his word. I remember once I uh, used to drive a limousine to and from the airport in Tulsa, dropped a lot of uh, people off, met people, picked people up. Uh, and I remember once one of my idols, not an idol in a bad way, but somebody I admired, let me put it that way, uh, T.L. Osborne, if you're old, you'll know who T.L. Osborne is if uh, you don't know who he is, you can Google it. He had massive crusades all through India and all, all over Africa, South America, Mexico. 
And I'm, I'm talking like hundreds of thousands of people were led to Jesus in these crusades. And I remember TL was based out of Tulsa. And I remember being at Tulsa Airport waiting for someone else that I was going to pick up in the limousine. And I looked over and I saw it's TL Osborne, like, whew, like, well. And he's waiting for his ride to show up and pick him up. And I thought, should I or shouldn't I? You ever see somebody that you really admire and you got the shot? It's like, should I take the shot or am I going to be a pest? And I, I you know, didn't really have a lot of confidence in myself, but I went up to him and I said, oh, Brother Osborne, like, where have you been? He said, oh, I've just been in Africa. I did this crusade. He was telling me a bit about it and uh, told him I was a student in Tulsa going to Bible college. And, and, um, and I says, man... God really honors boldness, thinking he is so bold. That guy is so bold. Goes to the Middle East, preaches the gospel. Lots and lots of people get saved where you, they'll kill you. And, and he looks at me, and he says, no, God honors his word. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word, not by your zeal, not by your boldness. Faith only comes one way. It's the word of God. Whether that word's written or spoken, whether it's a logos, written word, or a rhema, where God speaks that into your spirit, you grab a hold of that, and then you're obedient to do whatever it is that God's telling you and speaking to you. That's how faith comes. It's not about boldness. But there is a boldness that comes when you get a word from God, and you know, God's given me a word. I'm going for it. And with that boldness, I believe, comes an incredible confidence. Now, a lot of people mistake confidence for, or arrogance, rather, for confidence. And there's a difference between being arrogant and being confident. In, in a nutshell, the difference between the two, arrogance makes you the center of the story. Look at me. <laughs> Look what I did. Look at my faith. Look at my works, whatever. Confidence is not arrogance, but sometimes people mistake confident people for arrogant people. And humility is such a hallmark, such a character of following Jesus Christ, but humility does not mean throwing away confidence. There's a quiet confidence in humility in serving God, but never making you the center of attention. And that's... Uh, uh, something that I really want to talk about is how, how do we get that confidence? It's called assurance also in, in the Word of God concerning faith. It says, now, this is the assurance that we have. This confidence, it, it's an expectation. Sometimes it's a quiet expectation. Faith is an uh, assurance that what God said is going to happen. And confidence and faith go hand in hand together. That confidence comes out of faith. And it's a sign, I believe, to the unbeliever that when all hell's breaking loose and you're in the boat and the waves are up above the boat, water coming into the boat, and everybody else is screaming, we're going to drown because the economy's crashing, the world's going to hell in a handbasket, and, and, you know, we start to, people just start to knock on doors with fear peddling cults and everything else, the believer has an assurance. It's all good. 
it is good, it is well with my soul. Because water only sinks a boat if water gets into the boat. There's not a boat yet that sank that water didn't get into the boat. And the waves and everything else, the bad economy and the pandemics and uh, the governments and all the stuff that's going on are just waves. And they're not going to sink you unless you let them into your heart, your boat. Confidence pushes that out. And confidence is a sign to the unbeliever. I, you know, I don't know why they are so calm and so confident in the middle of all of this. I'm not rattled by any of it. I love boxing, as you know, and I watch uh, prize fights, and I've got some favorites, the, the Klitschko brothers. One of them is the mayor of Kiev in Ukraine. They're, all, they're not twins, but they look alike. Uh, Alexei and Vitaly, and uh, if you watch boxing, you know, they were the heavyweight champions, but they never fought each other. They promised their mother that they would never fight each other. Everybody was trying to get a box each other. Come on, which one of you is? They wouldn't do it. And they're giants, like they're six foot seven or eight or something like that. They're big men. But I watched uh, Vitaly Klitschko in Kiev under all the stuff that's going on now. He's former heavyweight champion. I, I don't know if it was a WBC or WBA, whatever titles that he held. But I look at him, and he's as confident in that position of mayor as he was in the ring. He come out, it was like the other person's trying to intimidate him and calling him all these names and, you know, dancing around and getting in his face, yelling as they do when the, the weigh-in and all the rest of it. He just looks at him. We'll see when we get in the ring, won't we? And uh, he did lose a couple, but not many fights because he had that confidence. He had a confidence, a cool, calm, collected confidence that he'd prepared and that he was the person for that, that hour, and he would go out and let his boxing skills, his fist, in other words, uh, do his speaking. And I think with us, the more we say, probably the less we believe. I'll watch people, and I think, you're really working hard to convince me of something. You don't have to do that, because the toughest people in the high school I went to were quiet. They didn't say anything. You push him far, you'll find out. And that's the way it is with believing. I believe that your confidence is a sign to the unbeliever. But if you've lost your confidence, and we're going to fly now, uh, maybe it's in business, rela a failed relationship to church. Hebrews 10.35 says this in 36, Do not throw away your confidence. It will be richly rewarded. What will be richly rewarded? Your confidence. What are you not to cast away? Old King James, NIV, throw away. What are you not to get rid of? What, what should you not throw overboard? Your confidence. Confidence is a great word. Something that we don't want to get rid of. You need to persevere, it says, verse 36. Well, it says you, you'll be richly rewarded again, the end of verse 35. You, will, you need to persevere, keeping your confidence, so that when you have done the will of God, you will receive what he promised. Confidence. Confidence. Come on, somebody say confidence. confidence. Come on, say it like you mean it. Confidence. confidence. Have you ever watched The Wizard of Oz? 
was the lion. He was after courage. He was after a type of confidence. Confidence means this. It means trust or self-assurance if you have confidence in yourself. But we're not to have confidence in ourselves. Now, I'm going to give you, if you've lost your confidence, you're trying to get your confidence back in God. Where, where does it come from? Number one, if you're taking notes, confidence comes from knowing that you are complete in him. Nothing added. <laughs> That's why I don't do Ikea, and uh, there's certain things that I just don't order a lot from because I know some assembly required. Some assembly means you got to put the whole stinking thing together with a big map. You know, you pull the thing out. It's like, well, step one, what am I supposed to do? Well, there's 12, 12 screws and, and, and 12 bolts, and then there's this piece and there's hinges and all over the place spread all. Some of you guys love it. Like, you know, I, I know that you're weird. I'm not weird. I hate it. If it says some assembly required, I just don't buy it. Or I find a friend that loves doing it. When, when Cody Sutton was here and, you know, he was our youth pastor way back, moved down to South Australia, I would just ring Cody and say, Cody, <laughs> I just bought something from Ikea. I'm there. So he just loves doing it. It's like, let me at it. I was watching um, where they now have the world championship um, jigsaw puzzle people. I don't know what they call them. And the Aussies went over there to Europe somewhere, putting together jigsaw, you know, puzzles where you take a perfectly good picture of a farmhouse and a barnyard and sky and birds and cows and all, these break it all up and then see how long it takes you to put it back together. What a waste of time. Why would you do something like that? Like, my goodness, you know, if you like the painting, buy the paint, put, put it on the wall. But just to rip it apart, to try to do that? And, and you are complete in him. Again, I'll read 1 John 5 and verse 14. This is the confidence that we have in him. Do you understand? I don't put any confidence in me. My confidence isn't in the flesh. Paul goes to great lengths to explain that. If I have any confidence, he says, it's not in the flesh. However, Philippians, he says, however, if I wanted to boast about my flesh and, and my achievements, he was a, a, a Pharisee of a Pharisees and, and a Hebrew of Hebrews and circumcised on the eighth day and, you know, he did everything, crossed all the T's, dotted all the I's according to Jewish tradition and faith and commandments and all the rest of it. And he says, if I had any confidence, I could actually boast more than you could boast because I've kept it more than you have. But I don't have any confidence in the flesh. I have confidence, but my confidence is in him. This is the confidence that I have in him, not in Ed. And you could put your name in there. If you've got confidence in yourself, then you're missing out on what God says don't cast away. It's not the confidence in you. It's the confidence in him, in you. There's a world, well, there's an eternity of difference between those two. Confidence we have in him. When you pray, and I hope that you do, and I hope that if you don't, you learn how to pray, and I hope that you would come to our 9 o'clock prayer time and start to learn how to pray. That when we approach God in, in prayer, we must approach him believing that he's listening. Otherwise, what are you doing? And that he hears you, 
What if I ask something that's not his will? He just doesn't hear you. Nothing lost. All you parents know what we're talking about. You got the child, three, four-year-old, whatever. Ah, ice cream, ice cream. No. <laughs> Cardio before bedtime. No. You're not going to have that. And so most of the time I just don't listen to it. Just don't listen. They're not going to get it. It's not according to my will. But what if it is according to his will? And what if it's according to his word and his word that he spoke to you? Now you've got a basis for faith. Now it says come boldly. Come boldly to the throne of grace in time of need. God's not denying. It's not access denied. But there has to be a confidence that rises up in him, not in me. In me, there's no good thing. In him, there's all good things. Said to the rich young ruler, why do you call me good? The rich young ruler goes, good, good teacher. What must I do to inherit eternal life? Why do you call me good? Jesus answered, there's only one good, and that's God. Do you understand that God's the only good person, truly good? So in other words, if you're going to call me good, you've got to call me God. Isn't that good news? That our confidence isn't in ourselves. That, that really makes me happy because I know that if I put confidence in me, it's always going to fail. Somewhere up the line, I'm going to let myself down. So confidence in anything or anyone but him may as well not be confidence in anything at all. Now I've got uh, Colossians 2.10, you're complete in him. Your confidence is complete in him. So obedience comes from that. Number two, how do you get your confidence back or how do you get confidence? Number two, confidence comes from knowing that God completes what he starts. Don't you love it when somebody actually finishes something that they start and don't you hate it or am I the only one when somebody starts something it's like they're always starting something. They never finish it. And, and if people come to me and they go, I've got an idea, Pastor Ed. I really want to. And then they've got some ministry idea. And, but I know they're a starter, but they're not a finisher. It's like, no, I've seen that movie before. It's Groundhog Day. You're going to start this thing with a bang. You're going to enjoy the honeymoon period of it, but you're not going to finish it. So therefore, no. <laughs> I don't like it when people start things but they don't finish. God always finishes what he starts. So he who began a good work in you, guess what? He will finish that good work. And to have confidence, you have to know that God that started the good work in you the day that you gave your life to Jesus Christ, that that God is going to take you all the way through to the finish. He is the Alpha, Omega, beginning and the end. He is the author and the finisher or completer of your faith. That's such good news to me. I can have confidence in that. That's Philippians 1.6. Being confident of this. Don't throw that confidence away. That he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Jesus Christ. Number three, confidence comes from number three, knowing that God is always good. Situation, circumstances can be bad. But don't ever doubt the goodness of God. He is not 
He does, there's no variableness, the Bible says, no shadow of turning in him. He is light all the time. He is love, true and true, and he is good all the time. I like what Junior says when he leads worship. God is good? All the time? God is good. I love that because it's true. God is good, and confidence that you need to keep a hold of to get your confidence back when hard things happen, when bad things happen, know that God is good and God is on your side. You have got goodness himself that is in your corner. God is so good all the time, regardless of bad situations and circumstances. Don't ever doubt the goodness of God in the middle of that. God's not out there to get you. He loves you, and he's for you, and God's for you, of course. Who can be against you? Number four, confidence comes from knowing that your future is better than your past. That's why there's a confident expectation. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. You have to have hope. Philippians 1, I want you to know, brothers and sisters, Paul says that what's happened to me actually serves to advance the gospel. The word gospel means good news, that this is going to work out good. So what did Paul do? Paul put a pulpit in his prison cell. He, he preached, and, 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 the, and, and Roman soldiers and a jailer, and the whole place shook as him and Silas sang in the middle of a Philippian prison cell. He refused to doubt the goodness of God because God is good. He had that one down. Number five, and we'll close. Number five, confidence comes from knowing that eternity is what really matters. Well, all of us that are getting older, which is everybody in the room, don't we know, especially as you do get older, you start to, your parents die, your grandparents long gone, people around you, friends you went to high school with, did you hear so-and-so past school? No, I didn't hear that. All of a sudden, it's like there's a whole bunch of them. Like, this is getting too real. This is like, wow, they were my age, or they were younger than me. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, the words of Mrs. Peterson come echoing back into my head. She was one of the people that led me to the Lord. She said, Ed, if you missed heaven, you missed it all. Eternity is what really matters. My confidence isn't in this world and what's going on here. Say, well, you know, do you, Jesus is coming back, could be coming back, you know, really, really soon. You know what? Maybe, maybe not, but I'm going to see him really soon anyway because my days are numbered, and the number of my days is soon expiring. You know, if I lived 30 years, that would be epic. And I know how quickly the last 30 years went, and I would be really, really old <laughs> if I could make it another 30 and I know how fast the last 30 went. And I go, eternity. Eternity is what really matters. I'm going to go. So are you. My confidence has to be living for eternity, not for temporal. I don't put all my eggs in this basket. If you do, you're foolish. Fight the good fight of faith, 1 Timothy 6.12. Take hold of what? Eternal life. Preach, preach the gospel. 
Those who sow in tears, Psalm 126, will reap songs of joy. Those who go out weeping, carrying seeds to sow, will return with songs of joy, carrying sheaves with them. But your joy is not determined by your circumstance, and your confidence is squarely in him, that he is alive, he is for you, he is good all the time. He doesn't start something and not finish something. You are his work in progress, and he will take you all the way. That's what confidence means. Don't throw it away. Well, I want to close with something, and um, I've asked Renette, who many of you may not know, she's a quiet achiever, to come up now. And uh, so we've got a couple of chairs and a microphone for Renette. Somebody's going to take that off of me. You know, there's a, a, a scripture that says this in Revelation. It says, they overcame by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. And sometimes there's nothing better than a testimony, but a testimony comes with a test. Now, this beautiful woman, uh, she is a pastor's kid, and she just carries such a dynamic, uh, especially when it comes to faith and prayer. And she prays for yours truly, uh, I don't know, probably every day, and I could feel her prayers, and I'm so thankful for that. So many people, you know, whinge about pastors and stuff. She prays for pastor, which is fantastic. And, uh, and, uh, and I love her so much. She was with Gail uh, yesterday, or yesterday or the day before, day before having um, morning tea or something. Gail just came home buzzing. So oh, you wouldn't believe what Renette told me and all of this. Now, Renette here, uh, her parents were pastors. That's correct, sir. Pardon me? That's correct. Yes, and her accent is South African. I'll do my best to Aussie. you got to do your best Aussie, okay. Uh, and, um, and Renette's mother was a real prayer warrior, and her dad was an incredible man of faith as well in very hard times. And I would just like you to share uh, a little bit about some of the <clears throat> things that they prayed about, and in particular maybe how, how your mother prayed uh, when she would get a word from God and then when she would pray. Tell us what, what happened, the way your mom prayed. Well, as Pastor Ed said, she was a woman of prayer and faith. Um, one of the stories that I've told Pastor Gail was um, we were building a church when I was about 11 years old. And um, in South Africa, they build with bricks. So um, if you don't know what a brick is, you can Google that. It's not planks they put up there, but anyway. And um, we, the... The order of the bricks that we had to come, um, we got told that it will be about six months before we can get that because of one or other problems they had. And mom went to pray. She came out of her room and she used to go and sit in the lounge room and she, will, she always wore a dress and she would push her dress down and then she would like a cup of tea and she would sit there. And then you ask her, mom, what are you doing? And then she said, I've talked to God. I've got the answer. He's going to do it. Now I'm sitting and I'm waiting to see which way he's going to answer it from. So the phone rang. A truck broke down with the bricks exactly the same that would be used for the church, right in front of the gate of the church. They need to unload the truck so that they can move the truck to get it fixed. And that was the way that God answered it. 
By the way, before that, she told her, she said, we need to get ready. We need to go down to the church. The bricks are going to be delivered. So she knew because she prayed and she talked to God. But you know, that only came, as Pastor Ed, I've preached, when you know who you believe in. You have to have a relationship with God to be able to trust him the way that we have just heard. And then you will have your testimony to be able to show others that God is really real. I remember once, I was about in my 20s, my dad was praying for a little guy that um, his feet, he was born with his feet, I don't know what you call it in English, his feet were upside down and he couldn't walk. And dad prayed for him and he said to him, run. He couldn't, the feet were still the same. And dad said, run, and he couldn't. His mom got angry with my dad because he kept on letting this kid run and he couldn't. And when she wanted him to stop, he said, run to the back of the church. And this little guy took off, completely healed because of the power of Jesus Christ. So miracles are happening around us actually all the time. We just need to keep our eyes open and see it and recognize it for what it is. Isn't that good? Amen. I mean, fancy that. They're out of bricks and the truck breaks down when mom's praying right in front of the church. Let's go down and get the bricks, she says. Not knowing, but just knowing my God answers prayer. Your dad also saw uh, another miracle, I believe, didn't he? Yeah. My dad was called to the hospital, um, a girl of about 12 years old that passed away. And um, he went to the hospital, and they've already declared her dead. Um, she was cold and blue. And he thought, well, you know, I'll pray with the parents, and I'll help them to um, support them and pray for them that the peace of God will come over them and that they will accept what's happened. And the Holy Spirit inside of him said, lay your hand on the kid and pray for her. So he put his hand under the um, sheet, laid his hand on, it, on her head, and he started praying. And the, God, the, the father put his hand on, on his daughter, and he, he started yelling, my God, my God, my kid is warming up. The last time I saw the lady, she was a mother of four, grandmother of, I think, about eight, and she was still serving the Lord. And she was dead. She was dead. She was like, she was dead. Oh, man. Like, you know, you know, faith is a confident assurance. It's a confident expectation. Don't throw your, don't cast away your confidence because it has great, great reward. I wonder, Renette, if, if you could pray for people here that don't know Jesus and um, both watching online. And if you're here and you don't know Jesus, you can make a decision this morning, right now, and pray this prayer with us and ask Jesus Christ to come into your heart. That's the beginning of what God's going to do incredible in your life. So if I ask you the question right now, if you died, would you go to heaven? Do you know for sure that you would go to heaven to be with him? And if the answer is no or I don't know, the assurance can be yours. You can have that confidence this morning.
If you want to be included in this prayer, just bow your heads and close your eyes. And uh, I'm going to ask Renette to go ahead and pray for you. Thanks, Renette. Heavenly Father, thank you that we can come to you in the wonderful name of Jesus. And Lord, every person that have made their decision this morning to turn around and to put their confidence in you, to give their lives to you, I ask, Heavenly Father, that you will touch them. And if you're willing, would you mind to pray this after me? Say, Dear Lord, Dear Lord, thank you for the privilege. Thank you for the privilege to become your child. Become your child. I accept your invitation. I accept you. And I give you my life. Give you my life. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thank you for listening to the City Church Podcast. If you enjoyed this message or God worked through you in any way, then please take a moment to contact us through our website at city-church.net or email us your feedback at info at city-church.net. Thank you.